All right, welcome to the Sports Ethos Los Angeles Chargers podcast here with Shane and Brandon. How are you guys doing this Sunday night? Oh my. I'm doing interesting. Doing Couldn't interesting. be better. Could not be better. Uh, before we got on, Brandon, you you just said you're done with the league. We're all massively confused. We don't even know what this pod's going to go. Just explain kind of how you feel about the NFL overall right now. I mean, we've said it for what? We're going on seven weeks of this seven now. Seven weeks where we just, of this. Where it's like we're, we're now over the th- you know the threshold a third of the season. And it's like, I still don't know what these teams are. I don't know what they are, like except for a certain maybe like three or four of them, and the rat like oh like this is the biggest crapshoot I've ever seen in my life in the NFL. I've never seen from week to week, like even the good teams, even the teams who have one or two losses, look so dominant one week and so just out of sync the next. It's it's like I I can't even begin to describe just how. Bad. I mean, for we said we've said it for seven weeks. Football's been bad this year. It's just been bad. Like, how else can you describe it? It's just been inconsistently. It's inconsistent, and it's just it's sloppy, and it's just it's like every team is just subject to having a bad couple losses. It feels like, and uh, it's like it doesn't change. Shane, what are your thoughts on the league? Because you just basically right in our chat. I'm confused. Every yeah, I mean that pretty much. That pretty much sums it up, you know. As yeah, I I don't know if I would say it's bad necessarily. Today um, was actually a pretty fun day in football, to be fair. Yeah, today was fun. It was just a yeah, but overall it's been uh, yeah, it was just weird. Um, but yeah, no, no nothing, <laughs> nothing makes sense this season. <laughs> the the you know the teams who we thought would be great are. Not all of them are doing great at all, but then some of them are, and then even then, it's like they're very hit or miss. It's just bizarre. Then nothing makes sense. Um, I yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, this team wasn't hit or miss today. This is the perfect game script for the Philadelphia Eagles, Brandon. What they did today against the Dolphins. This this is how I've uh, like man. Listen, there were still a couple issues they got to clean up, but this is how I want them to play the entire rest of the season. This is what I this is what I've been wanting for six weeks. This, and it's 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 crazy. After I got done calling out Brian Johnson for that awful first drive in the red zone, it was good. After that, it was really good. Was, after that, it was fun. Like yeah. it was like and you know what's funny? Yeah, I know for a fact he heard the crowd booing him mercilessly, and that that had a factor in it. But that's what I need every single week. And listen, I, I, I have said harsh things about my QB in the past. And sure, he had a couple turnovers today. But the problem is, I feel like, too, with a lot of quarterbacks, like a lot of people are going to say tomorrow, and I know it's going to be a topic of concern you know, about, about Jalen Hurts' turnovers. But if you look at it, he has 10 turnovers this year, right? How many of them can we really say were his fault? Most of it's the play calling. That's kind of what Most we said for six weeks. Most most of it's the play calling or it's just it's just unlucky like bizarre like tips up into the air like it's right. it's, it's been, like it really hasn't been him like it, you know people want to want a stat watch sure the turnovers don't look great but like if you i mean like if you, if you look at how he's actually played and listen he's he's had a couple bad moments this year and i I've, I've said that on the show about him keeping his eyes down things like that but tonight especially after that that awful pick 6 
he became a, he became the Jalen Hurts of last year. Like he he just took over after that. He was done. Like he like the switch just flipped in him, and and really the entire team. Because once they let Miami back into this game tonight, they're like, no, we're done playing with our food. It it it's it's time to dominate like we did in the first quarter, first quarter and a half really. Um, but that's what I want. Consistent pressure on the quarterback. They got that tonight, which is why they uh, couldn't get down the field. Yeah, you know my and and listen, I, I know that you know I, it's funny that that was like what that was our first actual or not our first takeaway, but like we hadn't had a takeaway in weeks, and Darius Slay's interception basically won the game. So, like. I'm proud of him because I gave him crap early in the game because he was getting beat bad. I mean, listen, it's against Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Of course, he's going to get beat. But he gave up that third and 18 near near the end of the half, and that changed this game for a good quarter or so. And then he just bounced back with that. He read that perfectly. That that was a lollipop throw by by Tua. Tua never saw him in, in, the, in the corner there, and he just came right up and picked it off, and that basically ended the game more or less because, you know, once the Eagles get the ball back – Every time, and this, I feel like this has been every week that I've noticed this. Every time they get the ball back, well, except for with the exception of the Jets game, every time they get the ball back and they're up by a score or two, and they have like ten minutes left, the game's over because they're going to take the whole clock down and win the game. They do it every single time, and it's I, I love it. It's like perfect offense today, perfect on defense. They only get up one touchdown, and it was to Tyree Kill. So basically, and Tyree Kill scores on everybody. So. I don't really. I counted as zero TDs, honestly. Uh, so that was perfect. That was perfect. I want that every single week from here on out, you just know, like that. You know what I learned today? I learned something about the brotherly shove. I learned something very what? significant about the brotherly shove today. It just what? deflates teams in the third and fourth quarter. It because, wears them down too. Because because what ends up happening is, and this is the thing we talk about, especially I think last year. This was one of our keys with the Eagles as well. The time of possession for them offensively is maybe more important than any other NFL team. Yeah. And the brotherly shove slash tush push gets them in a position where they can drain the clock. It felt like the whole second half, the Eagles just had the ball. Yeah. I mean, like, one of the keys to this game, and everybody knew this going in, you have to keep the ball out of Miami's, Miami's hands on offense. Like, it was good for a while, and up until the defense kind of, you know, fell apart. Not fell apart, but, you know, until until Miami tied that game. Like, outside of Miami really getting 14 answered, unanswered points, and one of them was off, was off a bizarre pick six. So, it, I mean, it's that, that was not even their offense doing that. It, it, like, when you look at that, the Eagles, uh, how they win games and how, the, how they were going to beat Miami tonight was time of possession. And that's exactly what they did. And, and then, and then they, they wore down. And listen, everybody kept talking about tonight – with the run game, right? It didn't look great at times, but when you when you can just keep, especially with that offensive line, with the Phillies offensive line, even though they're banged up, they're still pretty much the best in football. Um, I mean, when when you when when you can still run the ball anyway, even if it's for two or three yards, but then you get a quick pass play on the next down, and third and two, you run the ball again and get a first down or another quick pass play and another first down. It, it having those plays. Even though it doesn't seem like a lot, it's gonna wear you down because those are fifteen play drives that are gonna either be t- they're gonna be points, or it's gonna take so much time off the clock that literally the defense is gonna be so well rested they're gonna come out and feast on that offense, which is exactly what Philly did tonight, and I loved it from well, they were, when they tied the game. I didn't love it obviously, but 
from start to finish tonight, for the most part, that was a beautiful game played by the Philadelphia Eagles from start to finish. Shane, your thoughts on what the Eagles did today and what the Dolphins didn't do right today? I think, you know, this is a great example of Tua not being, not even just Tua, Miami's offense in general, you know, not being elite when they are faced with any kind of pressure. Uh, You know, they had, uh, he was sacked four times tonight, pressured a lot more. And, um, yeah, you know, I think this, when you look at Tua, he really is limited athletically compared to most other quarterbacks. Um, And it, it shows, you know, when he can't have the time to let, Tyreek get open or Jalen Waddle or whoever, uh, he his game definitely takes a hit, and um, you know that's because that's what ultimately that's what makes them so dangerous is their yards after catch ability. Mm-hmm. But you know if you can't get the ball to them in the first place, then it doesn't matter. Obviously, so um, yeah, and then yeah they have a good running back committee too, but. Uh, since they were down for a lot of the game, they had to pass more. So that didn't help. And, yeah, I mean, the you know, with the brotherly shove and whatnot, like you guys were saying how it deflates defenses, and, yeah, it's true. I mean, it's, you know, because the best, the best defense in football is a good running game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. whether it's, whether it's the tush push or um, Swift, Gainwell, Hurts, scrambling, whatever it is, you know, as long as you can keep the clock going and keep that offense, the other offense, off the field, that's what you want. Um, and that's what they did, you know, and that's just, I think they really need to lean into that because DeAndre Swift, I'm pretty sure, is like the second or third leading rusher in the league. So they've got the guys for it. Um, you know, they just have to. They just have to lean into it a bit more, I think. And you know what's you know what else I I, I noticed tonight too, and and that people says about about both teams going into this game. You know, both teams didn't play anybody, but everybody kept saying, you know, the Dolphins have the advantage. Well, after after how the Eagles looked last week, yeah, they did have the advantage, but people got to forget the Dolphins have never had did not play a defensive line like this all season yet, and on top of that. I mean, not for nothing, but that team is 0-2 against teams above 500. They're they're the team they're the team like coming into this game, the combined win loss record of the teams they faced was five and twenty four. Yeah, so I think that's pretty you know, significant. <laughs> like that, like like that that you know that does matter. You know, people want to say like, you know, and it's easy because it's, it's you know a lot of your flaws get overlooked when you play bad teams and you, and you beat them pretty pretty handily. You know, but it's like, like when I watch, when I watch this game tonight, I mean, you know, and listen, I get the whole thing. I listen, I, I do believe there were some penalties that, sh- that could have been called on Philly because they had zero penalties in this game, which is wild to think about. That's why the game finished um, 20 minutes earlier I, than I normal. Don't, <laughs> I, see, but see, you know what else too? I don't like the fact, and I'll just say this last thing about this game because I've, I've said basically all there's to say, uh, that 
I mean, you know, people want to say, oh, yeah, 10 penalties for the Dolphins, zero for the Eagles. And I saw so many people crying about the Eagles, you know, oh, getting bailed out by the refs. There was only one call that should have been called against the Eagles, and it was the face mask on Bradbury. But it, and I'll say this again, I'll say, like I tell people in my group chat, it was essentially a makeup no call for the missed pass interference on Eli Apple and AJ Brown the drive before. Yeah, pretty much. So, pretty much. So, so, so it, it, it basically cancels out. Like, and everybody's like, oh, you know, 10 penalties. I'm like, yeah, all 10 penalties on the Dolphins were correct. Like, what are you crying about? Like, I, you know, I get it. Like, listen, I do, do I believe there should have been some penalties on the Eagles? Yeah, maybe like two or three. But to say that the Eagles got one because of the refs, we beat you by 14. Like, we, 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 we passed the ball better tonight. We ran the ball better tonight. We played better defense tonight. We even, I mean, the only thing the Dolphins did better than us tonight was even the special teams. And I mean, that's even, you know, that, that can only do so much. Once again, when your offense is, you know, not, you know, moving the ball well, like Miami's wasn't tonight, you know, your special teams can only do so much. And I mean, it's just in general, like this, this was a, this was a statement win for Philly after last week. And we said it, they're going to come in there pissed off. They're going to come they, and they, they came in there and they brought the heat the entire night. I've never seen an angrier Eagles team, and listen, as me, part of the fan base, never seen an angrier fan base, and they just, at home, in Philly, cold night, you know, loud, loud as all, yeah, loud as all hell, the Eagles did exactly what, what they what they need to do, took care of business against a really good football team, and that, you hope, carries them, especially the next two weeks are division games. You hope that carries over for the next two weeks before you go into your bye. Um, speaking of referees, uh, let's talk Browns Colts. What the hell was that football game? Ugh. Like, in all honesty, it was thirty nine thirty eight, and it could have easily been like fourteen to seven. Like, yeah. genuinely, the quarterbacks played bad. Everybody played bad. The refs made that horrible call that that was clearly uncatchable. Like, and. Like, I don't understand that football game at all. Do you, Brandon? Like, I that game was so sloppy, slow topsy-turvy it's... the whole day, which is what ESPN wrote, like, topsy-turvy. It was just an absolutely ridiculous game. And, yes, the Browns have a great defense, but giving up 38 to a very bad Colts offense is really ridiculous. Yeah, and it's just like, I... I... I couldn't watch it, but I did see a call. You know, every time was like... Every time I thought like that game went on forever, it felt like just like it every ended. Time it like, ended at one twenty five, four twenty five. It ended at four twenty five Eastern. Yeah, pretty much exactly. It's like it, it was ridiculous. Like like it's it, it's crazy that and I, I think it's just a microcosm of how bad the officiating has been. Like, listen, they're bad every year, but it seems like this year for some reason I don't know if we're just paying closer attention each and every year, whatever it is. But the officiating has been bad. The NFL in general this year, it's been bad. Like, uh, what was it? Like even, I mean, I could reference tonight's game. I'm not gonna do that again because I've talked about the Eagles enough, and I'm so proud. <laughs> um, but but at at the same time, you know, like like I just don't like the Browns Colts. I mean, it was a, it's a, it's exciting to see the game, you know, be high scoring like that and be so close on that stuff. But it's like. When you have so many bad penalties, it, it takes any momentum and fun out of that game, and it just became slo- sloppy as all hell. And it's just it, like you know, 
the NFL is worried about the tush push. You should worry about your officiating more. That's the bigger issue. Um, you know, seriously, it's it's like you know that you know every every year we talk about this. Like, I don't understand how. And once again, I don't know if, if this is too extreme, and it might be. But I've seen people give this take on social media, and I kind of agree with it. And it's to have, you know, we have post-game pressers for all different, you know, these athletes, these coaches, all that stuff. Have the refs do one. I would love to see huh? that. I would love to see that. I think we need it. I think, I think, like, and honestly, again, that was, they called a PI on a clearly overthrown ball. Like, this yeah. is not rocket science. Shane, what are your thoughts on the officiating this year highlighting this Browns-Colts game? Yeah, I mean, like you guys were saying, it's seems like it's bad every year, but, um, yeah, I mean, not, like, I get it, it's, it's, it is a tough job, because you are, it's happening so fast, and it's, you know, five, six guys that are trying to see all these millions of penalties amongst 22 different dudes, like, it's not... It's not easy, right? But when you do see these, you know, these egregious calls or no calls um, in many instances as well that are so obvious, it's like, what, you know, what, what are we doing here? You know what I mean? And it's, it's, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the solution is necessarily. I mean, um, I don't know. Some people have said having it done robotically. I don't know how you would do that because <laughs> it's so like, it's not like baseball where you're looking at a strike zone. And it's a perfect square. And it's just, okay. Does it fit into that? It's, you know, it's like, how does this person's arm move in this one direction to do this specific you know what I mean like it's just I feel like it would be I don't know much about programming but I feel like that would be a little bit difficult to figure out um so I don't know I mean I think one thing you could do is have full-time refs as opposed to you know just you we've said this for years Right, who are, um, you know, actually, <laughs> who actually know what they're doing and have received proper training and payment to do so, um, you know, because otherwise it's just these, I mean, the refs that we see will, you know, go back to their job as a, you know, financial guide or something tomorrow. A lawyer. Um, <laughs> a lawyer. Literally a lawyer. No, I mean, it's, it's true. Like, yeah, whatever it is, you know, so that's... And, um... It's like, uh, it just seems kind of odd, if you ask me, that that's how it works, but... Uh, but it's true, you know, so... Anyways, um, I guess that's my two cents about it, but... Rob, I'm saving that. Yeah, I, I just sent in the chat uh, an Eagles thing. Um, AJ Rapper assists the Dolphins. Saving Eagles this. Saving it. Bro, he had a better game than Tyreek Hill. What does that say? 
Oh my god. I figured you would enjoy that. But not not to discredit what you said, Shane. Like I think one is Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. I sorry, think, Shane. Sorry. I think I'm one I think one I think one is the full time officiating. I I think it they need more training. They need year round training. Yeah. Like, you can't have this. Like the part time like don't get me wrong. I've seen the behind the scenes for the officials. I like it's a the training that they do is crazy. I still think they need. It is more. a hard job. It's a very hard job, and I'm not dismissing that either. But like, come on, guys! Like, and everyone they, hates you. And everyone hates you all the time. <laughs> everyone We're does about, hate you. Yeah. Talking about all the time, like, dude, it's. But, like, every basic flag that doesn't get called, that's that's fine. That's gonna happen. But I don't want to. I don't. I don't. I don't want like egregious calls to just ruin games, especially games that were sloppy as hell for the scoreline, right? Or in a playoff game. Like if we have this in a playoff game, we're gonna blow up. The entire NFL is just gonna go boom. Like this is it's ridiculous. I don't. Yeah. Saints NFC Championship game. Yeah. Oh Lord! Like, don't not even. Not again! Not again! Please. God, if that happens again, oh, can you just imagine the meltdown? Like we're gonna witness. Oh my God, I don't know. Like, do, like, do, like, do, like the like the entire the entire NFL community is gonna implode on itself. I okay, so let's talk about I people. Apparently, LeBron James wants Lamar Jackson for MVP after one good performance. Good, good luck with that, LeBron. Uh, yeah. Let, nope. Let's let's talk about Lions Ravens. This is the most Good per- Lord. this is the most perfect game Lamar Jackson has played since the MVP season. Yep. How about we do more of this? Get the ball out to your receivers that are clearly more open than you realize, clearly. And we can run the ball still. You could still be productive there, but get it to Zay Flowers. Get it to get it to um get it to Andrews, excuse me. Like just get the ball out of your hand and throw the ball. Like you do this uh, clearly. If you do this every week, you can be competitive and win games. Hell, this Ravens team looked like a Super Bowl contender today against one of the best teams in football. Shane, th- this has to keep happening. They got to keep playing like this. We can't see another week of Lamar just not being able to throw the ball after a game like this today. What are your thoughts on the matchup? Oh, oh damn! Yeah, Mike, connected. All um, right, there we go. So go ahead, talk about that, um, that Ravens Lions matchup and how good Lamar was today um, compared yeah. to what he's done in the past. The, you know, so you're saying that they that their quarterback should actually play quarterback instead of running back. Basically, um, yes. Basically, yes. Yeah, novel idea, I know, but, uh, <laughs> but. Yeah, seriously. I mean, yeah, he, yeah, like LeBron said, uh, <laughs> that's, I mean, not going to say he's MVP after one game, but that's probably the best, if not, well, maybe not the best, but one of the best games he's played his whole career, certainly for a couple yeah. of years. Um, and, uh, you know, like you said, against a team that, is you know there are no slashes <laughs> the lions um you know they're well they were 
five and one coming into this game now five and two but yeah I mean the the thing about the Ravens now is they for a while I was like okay they don't you know they don't really have any weapons besides Mark Andrews so you know like it, it's it makes sense well those excuses are gone now they've got him OBJ Zay Flowers um, Rashawn Bateman's getting better you know they've got guys that he can throw to and so, you know, that's part of my frustration earlier in this year. I was like, okay, well, let's, you know, let's see this. <laughs> um, you, you know, you're the highest paid, well, not anymore, but for a brief moment, highest paid quarterback in the league, you know, play like it. Um, and yeah, this is, this is exactly what he needed to do and needs to do going forward. Brandon, your thoughts? You know, it's when I look at the Ravens, especially going forward, look at the teams that, that they're playing that have, you know, kind of iffy defenses. I mean, I mean they, they have some good, good defenses coming up too, but especially in the next two games, I mean, they have the Cardinals, not good. Uh, Seahawks defense, we know what they are. You know, that's that's they basically play the same kind of, well, not same, not after today, I don't think, but, you know, that same kind of, you know, bland defense, that same zone coverage defense. Um, you know, it got the Browns coming out. The Browns just had a, a clunker of a game defensively against the Colts. Uh, Bengals haven't been great this year. Chargers defense is not good. Uh, Rams defense not great. I mean, I mean, really, the last, the hardest part of the schedule is the last four. Really, yeah. Well, even the Dolphins defense isn't great. So you have a lot of games coming up where Lamar needs to have games like this again. Like, there's no excuse for him not to. Especially playing a lot of poor defenses down the stretch, and playing, you know, especially when they lit up the Lions, who are a great football team, they lit them up in every which way possible. So after seeing that, that's got to light a fire under you to carry this the rest of the season. You know, you like especially, you know, you have what one, what one, two, three more division games left, and they all, you know, that's all going to mean something because that division is still, you know, tight. So. You know, this is where Lamar needs to, starting with this game, obviously, you, we need to see that Ravens team. If they don't see MVP Lamar, not well, not even MVP. If they if they don't if they don't see at least All Pro Lamar, the rest of this season, that team's going to continue to struggle like they did early on. So, I mean, and a lot of that's also just just getting the guys around him involved. They weren't doing that the first really the first third of this season. Uh, they, they like it was just it was a bad bad bland offense. So now that you have a breakout game like this, you have to keep the momentum going. You have to like you have to take everything away from this game that you've learned and that you've seen that you've basically done well today, which is almost everything offensively, and carry it over. Use that momentum and carry it over. And the thing is, we you know that's cliche, but it's true. You you need to build on wins like this, and you know that is what it is. Um, but in the end, it all falls on how Lamar plays and how that off and you know. That offense goes as Lamar goes, and as the you know, as the really the play calling goes, so it's almost the same as as the Eagles too. You know, start you know playing better on offense, getting better play calls in, using using getting all your guys involved, and then you'll see the results. So it's a good win for that. It's a great win for them today, I should say, and it's it needs to continue going forward if they're gonna have any success. You know, deep into the season and pretty much into the playoffs. 
Uh, I'm sorry, Bills fans. I know the score was 29-25, but this, this game, game was terrible. But this game was over after 10 nothing. This game yeah. was over um, almost immediately. And Brandon, we said this on Thursday. This is a trap game every year. This doesn't yeah. feel like a trap game. This feels like exactly what the Bills are as a football yeah. team. This is one of the teams we understand what they are completely, and it showed today in every which way. I know. Yeah. Really? You well, don't? I mean, okay, go well, ahead. They have game, well, no, I mean, they have games like this, but then, you know, like the week after, they turn around and beat you like 48 to nothing. It is... <laughs> but but here's my que- like... but here's my question, Shane. My question to you is, what's more consistent with this roster? What we saw today, or the blowouts? I don't know. It seems very fifty fifty. To me, it seems like eighty twenty. Yeah, that's how I'm seeing it. I, I I know I said it earlier. I think that I put it in a group chat, right? I said I said yeah, Bill, Bills, yeah, Bills. At this point, after seeing what I saw today, and because I saw it last week against the Giants too. Like, I mean, they just dropped out of my top five. And, like, I gave them the benefit of the doubt after beating the Giants barely. I gave them the benefit of the doubt. But this team this team is dropping probably even out of my top ten now. So, uh, to me, until I see a, a different Bills team, like, a, not just not just a different one week to week, but a consistent Bills team every week, for, I'd say for about three, four weeks, until I see that, this team's not a Super Bowl contender in my eyes at all. They have great pieces. They, but it's just it's clunker after clunker, and it's inconsistent football. Like, you know, we say that about about the other teams who are like you know five and two, six and one, all this stuff. But at least they're at least we know kind. Of, we're starting to get the picture of what these teams are now. Whereas the Bills have been just sputtering the whole season. So, it's to me, it's like if you haven't figured it out yet, when are you going to figure it out? Because right now. I mean, listen. The Jets aren't great, but they're they're coming. Uh, you know, you've got the Dolphins right there. You know, they're they're at the top for a reason. Um, so you know, the Bills are in a real precarious spot right now, and you can't afford to be losing to one in five football teams right now. You got to stack up wins. You know, like the Eagles had a bad loss last week, but they came back and, and for lack of a better word, killed the Dolphins this week. Like that's a statement. The Bills, like you know, you know, you know, you've been playing clunky football. You almost lost to the Giants, who, who were a one in five football team, and you come against another one in five football team, and you lay down a dud like that. And Josh Allen didn't look great at all. Missed a lot of be- missed a lot of wide open receivers. Um, that that team just didn't look good at, at any point today, and that's very concerning against a one in five football team who who had one of the worst teams in football, quite literally like top three worst team in football this year, I, I think. And you just basically, you didn't show any heart. Yeah, you took the lead late, but then you still, your defense get it right back at the end of the game. Uh, So, I mean, they have great players, but this team is, to me right now, going nowhere fast. Shane, I have a quarterback comparison for you. Go ahead. Josh Allen this year, and Justin Herbert in fourth quarter of football games is the same quarterback. <laughs> is that fair? Turnover prone. <laughs> yes. Not only turnover yeah. prone, turnover makes. Yeah. And just uh, reckless, I think. 
it, yeah, like in general, just kind of reckless. Um, which I don't, yeah, no, that's, I would say that's accurate, but I don't, I don't know if I would pin it on them necessarily because I feel like they're having to overcome for the rest of their team's incompetence and, <laughs> and be Superman, but it is getting to a point now where it's, you know, it's, it's like, it's definitely starting to be a pattern where it's not as much of, oh, well, you know, they're just a bad situation, you know. It's like, hmm, oh, this is, uh, this isn't good. <laughs> but I don't know. How do you describe reckless quarterback play? Like, give us a more specific definition of how do you describe reckless QB play in your mind? Uh, yeah, I. I'd say it's the way I think of it is, you know, somebody who um, takes a lot of risk that's maybe not necessarily needed or warranted, <laughs> if that makes sense. Uh, it, you know, as far as uh, throwing into tight coverage where it could very easily be picked or you know, trying to run for a first down and then getting plowed by some guy and um, getting a massive injury, you know. It's guys like uh, like Big Ben was a great example of that. You know what I mean? Like he was, he's the ultimate reckless quarterback. Or uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, <laughs> you know, just guys who, you know, they've got one dude down the field and then five defenders around him and they're like, well, let's we'll see what happens. And they just throw it, you know, it's that kind of thing. Um, F it dig down there somewhere. Yeah. 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 And, <laughs> yeah, and, t- and <laughs> today or in today's game, you know, it's as of right now, guys like Alan Herbert, um, especially in the fourth quarter, even Mahomes to a degree this year has been like this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, He's always kind of had his moments, though, of being reckless. <clears throat> Super Bowls, um, <laughs> and <laughs> oh my God. and tell me I'm wrong. No, you're not. But uh, but yeah, I mean, for some guys it works well because they're so talented that it doesn't really matter. But for others, uh, like Zach Wilson, it's just a train wreck, or <laughs> um, or Dak Prescott. You know, he tries to get fancy, and and it's just like, no, nah, dude, stop. You're you're in the Kirk Cousins tier. Just stop it. Um, <laughs> you know, so I think that's uh, kind of what I that's what I think of when I say when I use the word reckless. And it doesn't just go for quarterbacks; it goes for any position. Um, you know, Jamal Adams is a very reckless player. That's why he's hurt all the freaking time. Um. Not a great Seahawks game today, Shane. Not a not a great one. No, I mean, you know, they were definitely the better team, but I mean, it's the Cardinals. Like, yeah, you should have been. <laughs> that's the that's the bare minimum. But can I say something yeah. about the quarterbacks real quick? Yeah, go for it. I didn't mean to cut you off, Shane. That was my bad. Oh, um, I was done. 
No. What does this happen every week between you two? Yeah, I know. I, I don't know. You'll only don't you'll know. only receive ninety lashes for this one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, medieval times. I love it. Uh, Chris, but Cristiano Ronaldo. Well, no, wait, yes. yeah, well, real quick, well, real quick, you know why it happens? Because, like, Shane has, like, a slower draw, and I speak fast because I'm from Jersey. So, you know, True. it kind of is what it is. So it's kind of the timing. We have to get the time. The, the chemistry is still, even though we've been doing this for a while, the chemistry is still building. Uh, but I just want to say one thing about the quarterback, since we're on that subject anyway. Uh, I mean, to me... I'll, I'll listen in terms as far as just quarterbacks go, not any other position. As far as quarterbacks go, I don't see a clear MVP right now. Nope, but, not one. Yeah, I I think uh, I think my MVP. Well, damn, I think it's Tyreek Hill right now. No, no, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's think... what I'm saying. I'm saying, uh, yeah, but I'm saying as far as quarterbacks go, because we know how like you know, I listen. It's Tyreek Hill all the way to me until until someone proves me different. It's Tyreek Hill, um, but. I'm saying in terms of quarterbacks, like because usually it's been a quarterback-driven award for a long time now. There's not a single one that's like an MVP candidate this year, not no, one. I don't. I was I was on the golf train. I think I've slowed down a little bit. Any yeah. Any awards right now that you guys are like pretty close to locking in a third way through the season? No. Shane, do you have anything or anyone that's getting no. close? Way, way too early. I don't. I don't start. I don't even start thinking about that until like Thanksgiving. Because so much, because a lot of times, you know, when you get to this point in the season, it's easy to say, oh, yeah, this guy's going to win such and such award. And then they never do. Because it's always just, you know, something unexpected happens. And then some guy has like a, you know, he picks up late in the year and then it's like, oh, wow. I'm gonna, you know. I mean, for instance, a couple weeks ago, we were saying Jalen Carter it's probably going to be rookie, defensive rookie of the year. I mean, I'm just going to say that. Yeah, but now, the the you know Robert and I, you're like, oh well, Devin Witherspoon looks pretty good too. Hmm. Yeah, uh, you know, it's I, just I, stuff like that. Yeah, I not have, that either one of them will win it, but that's just an example. You know what I mean? Of like how things change so quickly. I'll I'll put it this way: my my like semi locks right now at least if i were to make some sort of list i think in mvp voting you're gonna have Goff and you're gonna have hill i think that's pretty clear i yeah. think in rookie of the year i think offensive is done i think it should go to puka nakua because i i just this offense literally doesn't run without puka and it's kind of stupid even yeah. even even more than Cooper even more than Cooper Cup. And I said a couple weeks ago that or I said it I think last week that I think the Rams offense are the top three offense. Are are they more comparable to the Steelers offense than we feel? Or they they have they've got two Ferraris at wide receiver and they still can't do anything offensively. Like that's bad. Shane, how do you feel about the Rams offense? Is there an NFL offense that you compare them to? Is it like another um, offense? Yeah, I mean, you know, when you when you, when you said I'm gonna sound like such an asshole for this. When you said when you said that about um I think they're a top three offense in the league, I was like, top three in what? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's that's that, no, that, that's not an asshole thought. That's pretty accurate. Well, no. Nah, the reason I say that is because, yeah, they have a pretty good passing game, but it it feels very, 
it, it feels very one dimensional. Um, and yeah, there's, I don't think they're a bad offense. I mean, wasn't great today, but, um, but in general, I think I like Stafford a little more than most people do. Um, you know, I could be too high on him. I don't know, but, uh, yeah, you know, the offensive line though, it's not great. <laughs> they really only have one guy that I really like, Robert. Uh, uh, is it Rob or Robert? It's Havenstein. Rob. Havenstein. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rob. Okay. Um, and then running back, I, who knows what the hell's going on there? They're all getting but, hurt. They're all getting hurt. Is what's going on there? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I think no, that's maybe I think, why. You know what? You know what offense they do remind me of? They, they, to me, they're kind of like a poor man Buffalo Bills. Oh my god, that's pretty bad. I like that. I like Damn, that though. I, I can like see it. it. I like I it. I like it. See, I'm swinging the other way. That was a horrible take by me. That's going in my horrible take list. But uh, continue. It's it's continue it's fine. We all the... we all have them. Oh yeah, I've had some. Yeah. Bad, I've had some bad ones the last couple of years. Uh, but I thought Justin Fields was going to be an NFL star, and now here we are, and he's about to be benched by an undrafted guy from Shepherd University. Bro, he was, so good. he was so good today. I mean, look, the Raiders' defense is like a D2 defense as it is. I'm being honest here. But that was still a good game. But, but Shane, continue with your, your poor man Buffalo Bills offense thought, because it's really interesting. I mean, yeah, the Bills also have a very inconsistent run game and you know not that they don't have guys in the backfield they just can't get it together um they've got a couple of really good wide outs a quarterback who's a gunslinger and um and only one offensive lineman that i really like you know for for the rams it's uh havenstein for the Bills, it's uh, Dion um, Dawkins. Is it or no? Yes, Wait, yes, that is yes. yes. Um, yeah, and then, but you know, I, I like. I, I just I think the difference is, you know, Josh Allen is, you know, I I think a little bit better than Stafford right now, just because of his age and his physical ability. Um, but, and then, you know, for receivers, I think obviously cup is great, but I think Stefan's like, you know, he's a little bit better. So I think that's ultimately why I say they're a poor man <laughs> bills <laughs> offensively at least. But, um, but you know, the execution wise, they are very different offenses you know the rams are kind of that west coast uh power run very smartly designed and then bills it's just kind of that like deep pass you know sort of finesse running that goes on so uh you know very different but a lot of simul similar similarities between the two i can't english I can't. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and then my other one to finish up my thought. I think defensively, you have Devin Witherspoon and and Jalen Carter. Uh, I my whole thing with Witherspoon is I didn't think he was deserving of that pick. I was completely wrong. Uh, I I just 
that was. I a told great you it was going to be good. It's Did, not. It's I, not, not only, but Brandon, it's not only good. It's better than good. Oh it's yeah, perfect. But he was the guy I wanted in Philly. Remember, I kept saying that before the draft started. Yeah, yeah, I we wanted, wanted Carter, and we wanted yeah. Carter. Guess what? Look, look how, we just oh we just switched. God. Well, guess what? We're both winning, so that makes sense. True. Yeah. Both winning. Yeah. I'll take I'll take it any day of the week. Uh, yeah, oh. I know. I I didn't I didn't love Witherspoon at five. I mean, I thought he was going to be a good addition to the team, but I was like, really? That's kind of a reach. But nah, who cares? <laughs> he's he's really good. Fits perfectly in the system yeah. as well. Um, all right, yep. Shane, it's your time to shine. Uh, give us your flag football team. Oh boy. Oh. Um, well, I gave you my starting five last week. Yeah, just go, yeah. just go in order. Go with uh, who you had. Oh, the starters too. The starters and the bench. Okay, okay, okay. So here's what I have. Um, for my, let me pull up my list here. <laughs> for my starters, I got. At quarterback slash safety, Patrick Mahomes, because obviously he's a great quarterback, but also he was, you know, a all pro or whatever it's called in high school, all state all, all uh, safety, all American. Yeah, whatever it is, safety. Yeah. Um, so he's, you know, good at that as well, obviously. And then, um, Running back slash linebacker. I want Christian McCaffrey because he's, you know, on flag. You don't really want a power guy because you need someone who can finesse and also somebody who's a good pass catcher, which he is. And then for the, you know, tight end slash defensive lineman, uh, Travis Kelsey, because uh, that's, again, you don't really want some big power guy. You want a, you know, a good receiver type. Um, wide receiver one slash corner, obviously Tyreek. That's I don't think that really needs to be explained. And then wide receiver two slash corner back. Uh, I would take Sauce Gardner because I want. I gotta have one defensive guy in there, um, you know, just so that we're not getting cooked the whole time. And he has. Obviously, he's a great corner, but he also has great hands. So, you know, I feel like he'd be a, a real asset at receiver as well. Um, some for my alternates. This, so, to me, like those, the starting five, that was pretty obvious to me. But then the alternates is where things got interesting, where I really kind of played with a lot of different ideas. But ultimately, this is what I decided on. First alternate, I'm going to go Jalen Hurts for quarterback. And we did it differently. We had Hurts as our starter. Yeah. Okay. I'm I mean, that's fair. Bench. Well, it's it's no it's no surprise I have him as my starter. Duh. Yeah. Uh, but continue your thought on Hurts as your yeah. I mean, you know, a lot like a lot of people would probably say, oh well, you know what, Hurts uh, or no, you should have uh, you know Burrow or. Allen or something says Hell like, no. <laughs> which, okay, fair, but I think Hertz is he's not only is he 
a great quarterback, but he's just so athletically gifted anyways. I feel like he could be like a Taysom Hill of flag football. You know what I'm saying? Like where you can <laughs> you could kind of plug him in anywhere and teams would be like, oh crap, what are they going to do with this guy? Then he can, you know, run it, pass it, do some wildcat, maybe go catch a pass. I mean, you know, anything. And he'd be good. So I just, I like that versatility that he gets. Um, and then wide receiver alternate, I'd have Justin Jefferson. Yep. I mean, you know, no explanation needed there. <laughs> and then I'd uh, go George Kittle for the, uh, you know, like the tight end defensive lineman guy. Uh, I think, yeah, I mean, you know, the only reason I wouldn't have him as a starter is because he's definitely more of a power guy. And like I said, in flag football, that's not really a benefit to you. But he's still a great player. Great guy to have, you know, on the team. Wait, who's, um, who's your tight end again? Sorry, my bad. The starter? Uh, your bench guy. My bad. Kittle. Kittle. Okay, makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then I'd go uh, Micah Parsons as, like, another, you know, just kind of defensive guy because um, he's he's really quick. I feel like he's a really smart player as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think he'd just be a good presence to have kind of in the middle of the defense or, you know, helping out at, like at running back or something like that. Uh, then I'd also have Trayvon Diggs because kind of like Sauce Gardner, you know, good defensive player, but also has great hands. I just like Sauce a little more because I feel like Trayvon is pretty hit or miss. You know, he's either like going to pick you off or you're going to score a touchdown on him. So um, I just like the consistency with Sauce a little bit more. And then the final thing I would do is have... Miles Garrett, because I just feel bad leaving all the big dudes off of this. And, and quite, quite frankly, as far as the bigs go, he's definitely one of the um, one of the quicker, more athletic ones. And uh, you know, I, I feel like he could do some damage. So, uh, yeah, that's 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 my team. Uh, do you I was gonna say, are we gonna? Are we gonna run down? Are we gonna run down hours real quick? Bro? Yeah, yeah. I want I want to run down hours to see yeah. Shane's reaction to our teams. So do you want to go? Here. Do you want to go first, Brandon, or do you want me to go first? Uh oh, whatever you feel like. I mean, I don't mind either way. Uh yeah, care. go go ahead. You, know? you can go. Yeah. So starters. Well, I mean, we gave you some of our team already, Shane. But uh, Tyree Kill is my wide receiver DB. Travis Hunter is my other wide receiver DB. Uh. Jalen Hurts, okay. Yeah, Jalen Hurts is my quarterback slash safety. Kelsey is, and then yeah. everything is, and then these are the same. Travis Kelsey is my tight end, and CMC is my running back slash linebacker. Uh, okay. And then my my backups. I took a while with the backups, uh, and some of these are actually maybe. Well, two of these are definitely surprising. I feel like, but uh, or not surprising, but like you wouldn't think about them at first thought. Uh, okay, so yeah, like I have I have Kittle and Jefferson. As my tight end and wide receiver, so those are obvious. Uh, Mahomes, I just flipped Mahomes and Hurts, so Mahomes is my backup. Um, sure, yeah. And then I have I have two more wide receivers. I have Stephon Diggs, so I have the other Diggs brother. Uh, yeah, I almost took him. Yeah, and I and I have 
Um, and then my other wide receiver is AJ Brown. And then uh, my last backup, and I've, I've thought about this for a while, but it actually Rob actually said he liked this this pick a little bit. I have Travis Etienne. And uh, I mean, because he's interesting. Yeah, because he's, I mean, he's electric. To me, he, he's he's not, I mean, he's not CMC, but he's like one of the most electric running backs in football. He can catch out of the backfield. He's quick. Uh, he's versatile. Yeah, he's very versatile. He's very versatile for a running back, just like CMC is. Um, and then I had I had two guys I was on the fence about, so they were my honorable mentions. One was also a Jaguar, and it's Jamal Agnew, because he plays three positions. He's a kick returner, a <laughs> wide receiver, and DB. See, I, I like um, that a lot. Yeah. And my other one. Which need which I know well you didn't have in your list. Well, we saw part of your list before, and then Rob didn't have his list. I I picked T.J. Watt. So I almost picked him as well. So yeah, so those were were my guys. I was, yeah. yeah, I was stuck between uh, him and Miles Garrett. Yeah, it's it was it was a coin flip for me, but I was like ah, I like T.J. Watt a little more. So yes, I was like, yeah. Fair. So yeah, TJ. I saw you have Miles Garrett, so that's why I went TJ Watt anyway. So yeah. Um, <laughs> Shane, Shane, who were your like primary honorable mentions? The guys who didn't make the cut on your roster? Definitely Stephon Diggs and um, and uh, TJ Watt for sure. Those are those are like the two guys that I was like, man, I want to put them in, but I just feel like I'd go with these guys instead. So. Yeah. All right. So my starters are Jalen Hurts, Christian McCaffrey, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson. My alternates. No defense. My alternates are Mahomes, Micah Parsons, Max Crosby at tight end slash defensive lineman, Jair Alexander, Travis Hunter, and Travis Etienne. The guys who didn't make the cut but almost did were Darren Waller. I like that. And uh, I think I had one more, but the main one was Darren Waller, who didn't make the cut for me. Yeah, he would, in flag, he would be great as tight end because he's really quick. Like him or Kyle Pitts, you know, someone like that would work well Uh, in flag. USA Committee believes that Kyle Pitts isn't productive enough to play flag. What? I mean, he's on the Falcons. What do you expect? <laughs> they don't use him. Yeah, they enough. don't use him at all. That's my he point. Just, it sucks. Oh my god, he just caught the ball behind his back today because Desmond Ritter is so trash. <laughs> please, please, for the love of God, watch. Also, the tape. why does Desmond Desmond Ritter is what twenty three? Why does he look like he's forty? Why does he look bad? <laughs> I mean, no offense to the guy, but yeah, jeez. God. I love it. You know what's funny? My friend said that last week. My my friends all were watching the, the Eagles-Jets game. But like, we were thinking about it. We are like, wow. What have we thought about it? Like, Desmond Ritter does look like he's 40. Yeah. The, it's like, like, what, does he smoke three packs a day or something? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's just, oh, Lord. He doesn't get the ball and it fucking sucks. Bro, uh, how, yeah. I, I don't understand how Desmond looks bad, bro. Your offense is B. John Robinson, Drake London, and Kyle Pitts. How do you <laughs> suck? How do you suck? Yeah, you got dude, you got dimes everywhere. 
and a oh good offensive God. line too. Oh I would, my I would God. say. Chris Lindstrom, Bro, I, Jake Matthews, I, that's a pretty solid crew. I, I I hate to come down on my boy because I really thought he was going to be good. That's my bad take. I thought Desmond was going to be good in in the NFL. I um, I had I had stock on him until the London game, and I threw all my money away. On the, I threw oh the my god, away. bro! I, I never believed in him for much less money. I, just, oh, I can't. The second I'm, I saw him in that playoff game against Alabama, I was like, oh, "This guy sucks." At, the, at this, <laughs> I mean, at, at this at, at this point, I just gave him a new, a new nickname, Ritter the Shitter. Sp- speaking of, <laughs> I love it. Speaking of uh, college quarterbacks, Shane, halfway through the college or quarter, well, a third through the college season, how do you feel yeah. about the quarterbacks in this draft? Um, there's a lot of them. I'll say that. There's a lot of them. (laughs) Not that that's new to anybody. Or, uh, yeah. There's a lot of buzz around some of them. I gotta be honest, though. I think right now my favorite is Bo Nix. Um, really? That's my boy. Yeah, which two years ago, I wouldn't have said that. I, I you know, at Auburn. At Auburn, I really wasn't that high on him. Um, but yeah, in the last... His stint at Oregon, I, I gotta tell you, he really reminds me of Jalen Hurts. Or not Jalen Hurts, um, Justin Herbert. Which... Another former duck. Yeah, ironically. I mean, he's got... Yeah, they're like the same size. Dude, same number, for crying out loud. Like, <laughs> that's... They just, yeah, they play a very similar game. And I think the thing about evaluating college quarterbacks that I realized in the, what, four years we've done the show is that it's, it, it's like, it's almost not worth doing until they've been drafted and we know where they're going. Yeah. Because most players in college, we can kind of get a sense of like how good they're going to be in the pros, but but quarterback, it really depends on where you go. Um, I mean, not that's not everything, but it is a big chunk of the puzzle there. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, depending on where he goes, I feel like he could be one of the better ones. Um, whereas... Like Caleb Williams, I know everyone's all high on him. I just see like another Zach Wilson with him, to be honest with you. The or, last two weeks he's played like shit. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, he's been awful. Yeah, I mean and you know, another guy too who has a lot of hype that I think is going to struggle in the pros is Michael Penix. And I yeah. hate saying that as a Washington fan, but um you know, when he doesn't have a clean pocket and wide open receivers. He is not good. Um, like at all. I mean, yeah, he really struggles and that's what has happened the last two weeks for him. And he's won both games, but like barely. <laughs> um, that game Saturday yeah, there's, was so bad. Yeah. I mean, there, so there's, bad. I mean, I'm thinking about the teams that, are probably going to be in the market to draft a quarterback. I don't think any of them are setting him up to succeed. <laughs> um, you know, and I, whereas, I don't like the whole. I don't like the whole thing of him wanting a percentage of the team too. Oh my that's Caleb god, Williams. Caleb, fucking a dude. 
That's Caleb, but yeah. Yeah, still. Yeah, what? Yeah, what's that? Like, what dude, is that, bro? He's you're like, 22 he's, years old. You're not Tom Brady. Like, he's, shut up. He's he's basically <laughs> like, oh, this NIL money's so good, I don't have to go to the NFL. Then don't. Okay, yeah, don't. Don't. Go. Don't, don't play another year in college. We don't care. Like his his attitude really concerns me. Yeah. His attitude is really concerning. He, that's a also, massive also, red flag. Also, his family is also kind of driving this a little bit. Yeah. I just I, I feel like he's the kind of guy that, that has he knows the hype that's on him. And it's like and of course, I mean he he's had a great career, but and especially especially this season. Um but I mean, like every time I look at him, I like I, it's just so hard for me to not to see to 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 see uh, English. I'm a journalism major. Why can't I spit out words? We can't talk um, today. <laughs> like, but <laughs> Caleb Williams to me, and I, I mean it's early. I'm not gonna say the the word yet, but as of this moment, as of October, well, not for you guys, but October twenty third, twenty twenty three, uh. I see bust. So, oh, yeah. like, I, I just, I don't want to say, because obviously I don't, I, I mean, listen, I don't want to get burned again. I got burned for Desmond Ritter. I'm not getting burned by Caleb Williams the other way. It's super early. But, um, yeah. It's but, very yeah, early, like, yeah. But at the same time, like, I mean, listen, I know I'm going to be a homer on that, but I like Bo Nix, too. Like, Bo Nix, Bo Nix, it's funny. You, I, I feel like you were right the first time, Shane, when you said he has a Jalen Hurts type of game. He does. And I like that. Like he's he's extremely tough. He can make, you know, he might not have the strongest arm in the world, but he can make every throw. He can fit balls in the tight windows. He has his his mobility is great. Um, and I when mean, everything's has- breaking down around him and there's pressure, he stays calm. He yeah, he's he still, you know he's he still make plays. He's like okay, eh, here I just gotta adjust. And he you know he can scramble out of the pocket, do something. Makes a play, boom, perfect. You know what I mean? It's like, like you know, like it, it's like when I look at the other quarterbacks, right? Like he hasn't had a game where he's really struggled like the others have this season too. Like, right? I mean, part of that is just how good Oregon, like Oregon, has a a, a decent offensive line anyway. But like, I mean, you know, I don't think he has game. as good of weapons as the other guys do. No, yeah, I mean, listen, yeah, he Troy Franklin's you know. great, but but at yeah. the same time. And obviously his adopted brother, you know, Tez Johnson's good too. But, you know, that's not, you know, that's not what Penix has. That's not what Caleb Williams has. You know, it's like, it's, it, but it's like those guys, it feels like they're, they're, they're big time players. But the Penix and Williams feel like gunslingers. Bo Nix feels like jalen hurts even when things are are breaking down like we just said when things are falling down around him he's not phased he's laser focused yeah. so i i i really i mean i, I mean listen I'm an, I'm an oregon fan but i love bo nix's game i love it a lot like to me he's the draw uh, he's the straw that stirs that drink at oregon at least this season <laughs> but but yeah. like but Oregon has that good track record of putting out like decent quarterback, or at least you know first round guys. I mean, listen, they have, I mean, say what you want about Joey Harrington, but in college he was really good. Uh, Mariota, really good. Justin Herbert, really good. And now Bo Nix, really good. That's all in the past, you know, 20, 25 years. So, and then there's probably more. There's probably there's, there's there's probably more I'm forgetting too. Um, but you know, like 
And Bo Nix, that the he could not have made a better decision to go to Oregon. That saved his career. And it's like, you know, say what you want about him playing at Auburn, but it's not like he had great teams at Auburn, to be honest, either. He has a good team with Oregon, and it shows. When he, when, when you give your quarterback decent pieces, you'll see exactly what your quarterback is. And we've seen Bo Nix not only mature, but, but do everything right, especially last season, but especially this season. So, and right now, if they win out, uh, which it looks like they, they have a chance to do, Continue the rest of the schedule and how many how many top twenty five teams there are. Like he has a chance to put his stamp as to, to me as as a number one quarterback, or that no worse than number two going into this draft. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. <clears throat> right. Yeah. My voice, my voice was going. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Let's do our <laughs> let's do our post credit scene. Shane Hansen Film Academy selected No Country for Old Men. Uh, Shane, give me your thoughts on why you picked us or why you picked this for us, your students. English is not great today. English is not good today. <laughs> we should start speaking Spanish. Yes, we should. <clears throat> or in tongues. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, no, so, <laughs> so, so I picked this movie because, um, well, for a few reasons, but. Essentially, I've always been a big fan of westerns, um, but they get a bad rap because everyone's like, "Oh, you know, westerns are just, you know, cowboys and outlaws and horses and whatnot." It's like they can be, but they don't have to be. I mean, this is a this movie's a western. It takes place in the two thousands, you know, and everyone's in cars, um, because ultimately, it's not. The Western movie is not a setting. It's not, you know, the Western America of the 1800s. It's a type of story, just like any other genre. And um, so, you know, there's that. Uh, I also... There's also some things that are pretty unique about this movie, like the lack of music. Um, there's oh, none. I didn't think about that. Wow. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's I actually no didn't realize music. that. Yeah, which Shit. normally, you know, I, I feel like music enhances things, but in a movie like this, I, I thought it was oddly powerful. Um, and then, let's, and then, um, the Anton Chigurh, Javier Bardem's character, um, you know, therapists and psychiatrists pretty much all agree that this is the most realistic portrayal of a psychopath, like a clinical psychopath ever seen on movie, on, on film. Um, and I just think that that's really interesting to watch that. And because he's, he's always, you always get the sense that what he's really thinking is not what he's saying. You know what I mean? It's it's just so interesting to me to try and figure it out. Um, but then ultimately, the reason that I wanted just to talk about this movie is because of the ending. Uh, because I love this movie until the last fifteen minutes, which I think are bullshit. Um, 
before <laughs> before you continue, Shane, can I can I can I set this conversation with a comment? You sure can. I realized something about this movie watching it last night. This movie is about how elderly people lose their way. This movie is about how time just passes by them and they Yeah. And they're just like and they're just like, I don't know what to do anymore. And I feel like every I feel like that exact phrasing, even though I didn't phrase it that well, is the story of this movie. That phrase is the main character versus everything versus like versus Josh Brolin's character, every other character. I think the actual main character of this movie is the idea that time just passes you by way too fast as you get older. That that's kind of why I think the last 20 minutes were what they were. That being said, I also didn't really enjoy it, but continue finishing up your thought, Shane. Yeah, no, I mean, that's the thing. Like I understand why they went that route. Um, but still, I was just like, really? <laughs> it felt like, <laughs> felt like I was cheated. Um, Blue balls. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, but yeah, so I, yeah, I mean, the, you know, the the main character, at least to me in the movie, was more Tommy Lee Jones. That's kind of the, um, yeah. to me, that's kind of the perspective we're supposed to view it from, which I could be wrong. That's just the way I interpreted it. But yeah, that's a really weird thought. But yes, yeah, uh, yeah. So, anyways, but uh, what are you, what are you guys thinking? Uh, yeah, Brandon, give me your thoughts since I kind of already chimed in there. You know what? It's funny. As much as I wanted to watch this movie, there were parts where I, where I got, I, I kind of got, and I, I never get really that confused. Like I had to rewatch a lot of it. Because some of it, I'm like, it went over my head a lot of things. But I remember the conversation we had right before we we, we settled in this movie. And I think, Shane, you said it. Like, almost every line in the movie, when they say something, has a double meaning to it. Or, not just double meaning, but a character will say something. And, you know, about about somebody else or some other event. And it seems like it kind of finds its way into the movie as like a like whatever someone says is setting up what's happening it feels like later in the movie in a way um i, I at least i kind of got that feeling there was a I, i'm trying to remember from a couple of scenes that i saw but well like, i was gonna say perfect example that is uh the coin toss scene in the gas station oh yeah. the coin toss that tripped me out all the coin toss scenes tripped me out that's my favorite scenes in this movie you know what's you know what's funny and this is kind of like a cool little sidebar to the movie, but Javier Bardem's character—it's—it's it's really funny. He's basically like Two Face. Oh my that's the god! Why is and that that's perfect? The, and that's the character that Tommy Lee Jones played Tommy, in Batman. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I kind of like as I'm watching this, his character screamed Two Face. Like done it's right. like like done it's, right. it's crazy. exactly done right exactly like it's it's just you know like I just can't get over it every single scene I'm like this guy is is unhinged and your life literally but you can't look away death, yeah it depends on whatever he's thinking or feeling whichever way whichever way literally the coin flips that's what's gonna happen so it's just wild that he basically is the more human embodiment of Two-Face. Um, 
And it's like, just, I, I mean, I don't know if I feel, I don't know if I feel, how I feel about the ending. On one hand, I'm like, it's, it did give me like blue balls, but at the same time, I feel like it was kind of fitting. And cause we always talk about like in these movies and a lot of these movies based on like, you know, like, you know, how people lose their way and, but also like, you know, uh, you know, morality and, you know, like the, the guilt, like the conscience of other people. And like, but I, I can see what you're saying, Rob, about how, you know, this movie is about how, you know, the people basically just lose their way. Like, what the hell was that? Uh, that was my mic. I was just about to say. I, I got so concerned. I'm like, did you, did you fall out of your chair? What happened? Um, no, my mic fell out of the desk, but please continue. That was pretty oh, funny. No, that, that was great. Um, <laughs> but it's crazy because, you know what's, you know what's crazy? And I thought this as, as I was watching the movie too. Again, this is going back to the no music thing. The si- the silence spoke louder than any of the words in this movie. Yeah. And like it's it's crazy because every scene where it was just like noises from whatever action they were doing, or if it was just them just you know, like the intensity was there too. You kind of you felt you literally felt like every moment felt intense to me. Every single like anything that had that had no words in it, like everything was basically like spoken without being spoken. Everything was basically being being kind of conveyed to you without without having having something explicitly lay it out for you. And I like that when movies do that because it, it not only does it keep people engaged in thought, but it 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 forces you to just to just take in the whole movie so like i like movies like this it's just like at times it can be a little bit confusing and i can see how it can confuse people when i think that was i remember when i remember when it first came out i mean we were all little kids when it first came out i, I kind of remember vaguely people saying like they were confused by it you had to really pay attention to it but at the same time like th- this movie you can see why it's considered one of the, the best films of, of the 2000s you know why it was considered one of the best really the i mean westerns are a dying genre but one of the best westerns of the 21st century um like it had everything you could want it had a lot of emotion it had a lot of action and a lot of suspense it was it was interesting from start to finish there were there and it's funny because you you would think in those dull moments without without speaking that that you would feel kind of bored by it but i was never bored by it and you know i mean Say what you want about the iffy ending, but that movie was great to me. So, you know, yeah, I, I love I really, the rest of it. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's what I'm saying. You know, the ending can can ruin a movie for a lot of people, but you know, for me, it didn't do that. For me, it was just everything was so well done. I I I've never cried in a movie, but I almost felt sad when 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 Carly Jean, uh, the the scene where she where she finds him dead. In the motel room, or she, she arrives, and she knows he's dead. Like that, that was really well acted. I mean, that was you get from Tommy Lee Jones anyway. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones just knows how to how to convey things with or without speaking. Um, he's but, good. but my God, like that's that's a movie where, like, and it's funny, and I can kind of, I guess I can kind of agree with this. There was a critic, 
that labeled this style of movie, this is going to be a lot to take in. Crime, western, noir, horror comedy. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's very funny. good. Yeah. I don't mind that at all. And I can see elements of all of it in there. So that does make I mean, like, that's crazy because when you see movies like this and even even it's 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 genre what it's officially listed as is a neo western crime thriller film. So it's it's still all over the place. And it's funny, you would never think like a gumbo of genres would work. This movie did everything so well. The the western aspects of it, obviously being well being set out in the West, but still the western aspects of it, you know, especially being kind of you know really southern. Um the obviously crime aspect, there was thriller, the, you know, thriller moments, like there was there was some chilling, like really, you know, disturbing scenes, like everything I think this thing this movie didn't do anything wrong really to me. Like it hit on everything. And the crazy thing is you would figure movies like this would be I know I'm going I'm going on forever. You would think movies like this would go on for like two and a half, three hours, because you could have crammed a lot more into this. It's a two hour it was movie. Over in t- it's a, it's two a two hour, hour movie. movie. It's just it was two hours. Really good. It's just two hours, and it was a perfect so, time for that. So I, I, I loved it honestly. Like I, I, you know, the more I think about it, the more I'm actually loving it more and more. It's, it's really is kind of growing on me. I'll also say this: this movie is why Josh Brolin's a good Thanos. I realized oh, yeah. it. I, I was like, <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I, I know he's a good Thanos. We're watching him as Thanos, but speaking of comic book references, but I was like. Marvel watched this movie and went, that's our Thanos. Like, that, that's what happened. Like, I'm pretty confident in that. But I'll also say, um, with Bardem's character as well, where he's, like, at the end with, with the wife, who I presume does die, uh, although they don't show it, which is an interesting thought um, in why they did that. But I think it... Because she's sort of in the background of, of, the, of this movie anyway, so I kind of like it overall that they decided to do that. But she, she's like... You don't have to do this. And then he's like, I don't understand why people always say that to me. It's like, what, what, say what? And he's like, I don't have to do this. Like, no, it basically he's insinuating, like, this is my choice. I don't have to do anything, but I'm choosing to fucking murder you. Yeah. And I, that's my choice. Like, that's what I'm going to do. So I really love this movie. This movie, I immediately was like, this is Red Dead Redemption and I'm for it. It sounds great. Uh, and then not at all but yeah not at all but well what i mean by that is is not the the actual story of red dead but like the environments of red dead oh sure yeah that's that's obviously not the story it's not even close but the the actual environments of red dead one and two reminded me a lot of of this movie um but yeah i i love this movie i think perfect casting all around um i didn't love the ending i have my issues with it again as shane said i get why it's there but i don't think that's like i i don't i feel it felt to me a lot like a place beyond the pines where it's like why are we going to the cop now yeah i felt that again (laughs) with this movie and i was like oh but overall uh really great film and i'm really glad we we chose that next week we're doing halloween we are doing A Quiet Place Part 1. Love it. It's going to be it. very, very interesting. Uh, my first also a relatively short movie. Yeah, also very pretty short. This is my first horror movie I've ever seen, so I'm, I'm really excited. Oh, to... it's, oh you're going you're gonna to love it. You're going to absolutely start. love it. Yeah, so yeah. very it's, it's, it's not. It's not too scary. You know, it's... Uh, yeah. you know, there's, there's some scares, but it's not, like, it's not is, too bad. This is another movie I will say, though, just to preface it. 
this is another one where, where literally the silence tells the story. Yes. So, literally. so <laughs> quite, and not just in the title, obviously, but in, in the actual movie, the, cause I saw funny story. I think I told you last week, but this is a funny story. This was the, this was the, the movie I saw on my very first date. So what we're going, yeah. Oh my God. How did that date? So, end up that's, a, that's a, that's a bad date movie. I'm just going to say, Oh like, no. Well, I mean, at the time it was like the big in 2018, it was one of the biggest movies in the country. <laughs> So, oh yeah, so yeah, it was. How how, so, and, how, was, and, how was the date, Brandon? Was it a good date? Uh, uh, the the date was good. Uh, I regret it now because me and her broke up. Obviously, I now I'm single five years later. But at the same time, uh, I will say this though. Uh, it, it I I messed up from the start. Uh, you know, me being a nervous eighteen year old high school senior, um. I she wanted like you know how you could put like cheese powder on your popcorn and shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh so didn't realize which way it opened, dumped the whole thing on, on the popcorn. Oh no. <laughs> that 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 damn thing, bro, was so salty. We just said F it and like we we ate some of it, but we were just nah, this damn thing is too salty and our and like we're like it's it's just it's like it's burning our mouths. We're like, ah forget <laughs> it. We like that thank thank God we have like a large soda that we can split. Like Jesus Christ, because it was that bad. Yeah. Oh my god. I mean it was still I still have a good I still have good memories of that of that date, uh of that kind of weird time in my life. But at the same time, I'm also happy that relationship is over. I, I don't want to throw any shade her way, obviously, but yeah. I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like that. But for what it was for a first date, it was still a fun experience, and I still enjoyed it. So, yeah. so uh, you're gonna be going but, back yeah. to those memories watching this movie next week. Yeah, and, and like <laughs> it's crazy. I still think about that movie like five years later. So, I, 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 I sure I actually do. I do want to watch it again now that I have some peace in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so so you know yeah that i i'll i'll take it it's gonna be a good first it's, a, it's a fun one it's gonna be it's fun a good for one. halloween um so i'm excited for that uh but yeah, there's we- only 33 lines of spoken dialogue yeah holy yeah. shit yeah. okay yeah 33 yeah oh and god. most majority of it is in one scene so yep yep yeah oh my god really excited though uh, but for, it's Sh- cool. for Shane, for Brandon, uh, thank you guys for joining me on this Sunday. And uh, we'll see you again really shortly, guys. Thanks for hopping on with me. And thanks for all of you listening. See you. Yes, sir. Take care, everybody.